0: I'd invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll be getting there in just a moment, but I want to read some verses from Psalm 136 first, and then we'll get to Ephesians chapter 2. Psalm 136, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for His mercy endures forever. O give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, to him who made great lights, the sun to rule the day and the moon and the stars to rule the night for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn and brought out Israel from among them with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two and made Israel pass through in the midst of it, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever." To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly estate, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies, for his mercies endure forever. O give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. Then Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the record of history, which is a record of your mercies that endure forever. And then, Lord, we're thankful for the record of redemption of you sending your Son and that your richness in mercy made us from dead spiritually to alive and that we are your workmanship. Lord, I pray that you would use our time together to accomplish your purposes in each of our lives and, Lord, that you would be honored through the way that your truth finds good ground in us and then produces fruit in the days and weeks to come. We rejoice in truth and we ask that we would walk in it today. We ask in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. What a blessing it has been for us over these last number of weeks to be looking at the attributes of God. And the attribute that we want to look at today is one that if we would get a grasp of this truth and implement this truth in our life, it would do a number of things. It would revolutionize our praise. It would bring a great change in our homes. And it would transform the relationships that we have. And this attribute of God is the mercy of God. We think of the mercy of God and sometimes we're prone to think that the mercy of God is is what we read about in the New Testament. And the wrath of God is what we read about in the Old Testament. But it's interesting, mercy is, the word itself appears four times more In the Old Testament, than it does in the New Testament. And you might say, well, of course, you read Psalm 136 that every verse says his mercy endures forever. But the reality is a verse that we've looked at, referred to many times in Exodus chapter 34, when Moses said, Lord... Who are you that that I should lead the, the children of Israel? Who do I tell them you are? And the Lord appeared before him, and he, and he showed Moses what kind of God he was. And in that it says, And the Lord God showed him that he was merciful and gracious. That's in the book of Exodus. We will find many other references to it as we go through. But again, in Deuteronomy, I am the Lord, your God, a merciful God. Over and over again throughout the Psalms, we find references to the mercy of God. And, and of course, throughout the New Testament, be ye merciful even as your Father is merciful. And it is without question uh, a great, great attribute of God, in fact um some of the some of the great men of faith have said that the mercy of God is the darling attribute of god, it is the the glowing attribute of God, and to realize God is merciful, infinitely merciful, unchangeably merciful compassionate and kind. And when we look at all these um, aspects of God's attributes, we understand that they all fit perfectly together. One does not counteract the other one. They are perfect in their unity. And mercy is when that which is deserved is withheld to the benefit of of the object of the mercy. Grace is getting what we do not deserve. We don't deserve heaven. God in His grace, for by grace are ye saved through faith. Grace is getting what we do not deserve. Justice is getting what we do deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And in understanding, God is much more merciful than he is a God of wrath. God is a God of wrath. Uh, Two weeks ago, we looked at that, and it's a definite characteristic of God. But as you look throughout history, you begin to see that all these days and years and centuries, the mercy of God has been abundant to us. And there are times where the wrath of God comes, and we saw there are times that God's wrath is going to come. But God has demonstrated the attribute of mercy in respect to mankind from the very beginning. His amazing mercy, at the very beginning, mankind sinned, and the judgment of God came upon man, and and in so doing... God quickly came with mercy. In Genesis 3.15, he promised that the deliverer would come. In his mercy, he came with the message of mercy and promised this. And, and the tenderness of God's mercy in the face of an offended God, a God that had been rebelled against. And yet, this is the character of God. God can never cease to be merciful, for it is an essence of His divine being. And, and the, the mercy of God runs deeper than the depths of His wrath, for He is merciful to deliver us from His wrath. His mercy, and, and let me just list some of the, the words that are used to describe His mercy in in the Bible and and I'm not going to give all the references. Um, when I email out the notes, I'll have the references there for your, your looking them up later. But it says in in the book of Numbers and Isaiah, his mercy is great. In Ephesians we read, it is rich mercy, God who is rich in mercy. Now think of all these terms that are used to describe mercy. God's wanting us to get the idea of what is what is the greatness of His mercy. In Nehemiah and Lamentations, it says it is manifold mercy. In 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 fact, it's it's abundant. It is plenteous. We read over and over again in Psalms, plenteous mercy. First Peter one three, abundant mercy. Isaiah fifty five. It is sure mercy in in many, many instances. He says it is everlasting mercy. It's not something that runs out. It's not something that, man, I hope God is still merciful today. In the book of Psalms, also in the book of Luke, we read that it says His mercies are tender. In other words, he comes in a, a caring heart, a tender heart, lamentations. We sing the song, great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new to us every morning. This morning, God's mercies have been new to us. In Psalms, it says his mercies are as, as high as the heavens, filling the earth. It says that God is... Over all his works spreads mercy. And it says in the book of Micah that mercy is what God delights in. You think of that. God delights in showing mercy. That's his very nature. That's his very heart. That's his character. And it's manifested all throughout history. It's manifested just in life, in creation. It's the mercies of God. As we alluded to earlier, he said in, in Lamentations, His mercies are new to us every morning. Great is His faithfulness, the faithfulness of the sun rising and setting, the faithfulness of God's creation, the faithfulness of the seasons. It's manifested in life. And truly, as I was thinking on this this week, I realized This this um, coronavirus, Wuhan virus, whatever you want to call it, is really another manifestation of the mercies of God. Because in His mercy, He wants people to realize what really matters in life and to make us think about eternity, to think about the things that matter. And in His mercy, He has allowed this to come. And in His mercy... It has turned many people to righteousness. It is being used of God to bring a great working of God, and we rejoice in that. So, all throughout history we can see, all throughout life we can see the mercies of God. But His mercy is manifested the most in the sending of His Son, Jesus Christ. I love the passage in Ephesians chapter 2 that we read. And it it paints a picture for us. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We walked after this world according to the prince of the air. We conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. It paints a dark picture. This is who we are. This is... What we were before we came to Christ. And and we just lived according to our own lust, according to our desires, just after the course of the world, after our father the devil. But then, verse 6, excuse me, verse 4, is like in the midst of darkness, a bright, bright shining light comes. And it says, but God. Who is rich in mercy because of his love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. It is God's mercy, our hopeless condition, our helpless condition, but the mercy of God sent his son to take our place. The penalty for our sin that, that just a week ago we remembered his death, his burial, and his glorious resurrection. But it is, it is all born out of the mercy of God. The mercy of God, the, the, the theme of our life, really it ought to be. And the basis of our salvation to the point in Titus chapter 3, it says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Ephesians then went on and said that for by grace are we saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. We have nothing with which we can glory in. And his mercy is manifested in all of creation, in all of history, but the pinnacle of his mercy The mountaintop of His mercy is manifested in sending His Son, Jesus Christ. It's manifested abundantly, Psalms also tells us, that it's manifested to those that fear Him. And it is manifested to repentant sinners. God gives the promise that if we turn from our sin that he will have mercy. The story that you're familiar with, the account of the prodigal son that had gone deep into sin and yet repented, turned around. His father had mercy and celebrated it. Robert Robinson was a man that was saved out of a life of sin through George Whitfield's ministry in England. Shortly after that, at the age of 23, Robinson wrote the hymn, Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call to thee of loudest praise. Sadly, Robinson, after he wrote that, years afterwards, wandered from those streams of mercy. Like the prodigal son, he journeyed into a life of sin and immorality. And one day he was traveling by a stagecoach and was sitting beside a young woman who was engrossed in a book. She ran across a verse that she thought was beautiful and asked him what he thought of it. She read this, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Bursting into tears, Robinson said, Madam, I am the poor unhappy man who wrote that hymn years ago, and I would give a thousand worlds if I could enjoy the feelings I had then. Needless to say, she was utterly shocked and she reassured him that the streams of mercy are never ceasing. Mr. Robinson was deeply touched by this. He turned from his wandering ways and went back into the streams of God's mercy and was restored to full fellowship with God. All of that. Him initially getting saved, His writing the song, His wandering away, and God in His mercy putting together that this young lady was reading and came upon this, and He was there. All of that is the mercy of God. And God is so merciful today, He longs for every sinner to turn and come to Him. Whether it's coming to Him initially or whether it's coming to Him in repentance from our backslidden ways, from our, our cold, lukewarm attitudes of apathy, it's returning to Him. And in His mercy, He says, Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. When we come to personally experience the mercy of God, it will do a number of things in our life. Number one, it will give us eternal life. We just looked a week ago at Christ dying on the cross, and you remember the account. Initially, the two thieves mocked him, but then one of the thieves turned to Jesus and understood that he was the Son of God. And you remember the prayer that he prayed. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me. And Jesus said to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. See, when when we come to humble ourselves before God and acknowledge our need of forgiveness, the mercies of God give to us everlasting life. God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me. Today you will be with me in paradise. Sinners cannot reject Calvary and expect the mercy of God to save them. This is God's standard. This is God's holiness meeting with his mercy. Some would tend to make us think that the mercy of God, well, anyone and everyone will be saved. No, God has provided the way of salvation, forgiveness through Jesus Christ, but we cannot reject Calvary. We cannot reject Jesus Christ and expect the mercy of God to save us without God's plan of salvation, the gift of Jesus Christ, we have no hope of heaven. Without mercy, the mercy of God, which is the gift of Jesus Christ, we have no hope of heaven. Because our disobedient hearts deserve death. But because of mercy, we don't get what we deserve. In Jesus Christ. Instead, because of the mercy of God, we get life through faith in Christ. Secondly, experiencing God's mercy in a personal manner <clears throat> not only gives us eternal life, secondly, it brings humility. It is a contradiction of terms to say that mercy can be merited. Merited. We don't deserve mercy. We don't earn mercy. We don't um, um, line up in such a way that, that we get to receive the mercy of God. It is all of God. If it was deserved, it wouldn't be mercy. It would be a payment. And it is not by works of righteousness which we have done. Anything good in our life is the gift of God's mercy. What do we have to glory in? We have nothing to glory in. What do we have to be proud of? The only thing that we can point to is the mercy of God, and that's why the Apostle Paul, who had um, great education, he he had um, great stature in his community and respect said, I am not going to glory in anything except the cross of Christ. The mercy of God should be very, very humbling to us and should produce in us a spirit of humility that I'm only alive physically because of the mercy of God and I only have the peace of God in my heart because of the mercy of God through Jesus Christ. So it gives us eternal life, it brings humility, it produces praise. We should be always rejoicing in the mercies of God. To, to continually rejoice in the mercies of God. The psalmist goes over and over, and that's why I encourage you to read in the book of Psalms. But it reminds us of the mercies of God. It is God's mercy that pardons my sin. It's God's mercy that preserves and feeds and clothes my outward man. It is God's mercy that renews and strengthens and prospers my inward man. It is God's mercy that has kept me from falling and preserved me from being swallowed up by my own afflictions. We sang the song, "'Tis mercy all, immense and free." That ought to be the theme of our life. Praise to God for His mercy that all of this, He's sustained us. He's brought us to this day by the mercies of God. And then lastly, and not last in importance, But experiencing the mercy of God gives us eternal life, brings humility, produces praise, but it blesses others. You remember the account in Matthew chapter 18. A man owed an insurmountable amount of money. And there was no way that he could pay for it. And they would take he and his family and, and lock them in debtor's prison or make them slaves. And, and there was no way that he could pay for this. And he, he went and he pled with his master and he said, Would you have mercy on me? And, and the master had mercy and forgave his debt. And you would think the joy, the abundance, the, the, the victory that he had in his life. But he went out from that, having just been forgiven this tremendous debt, And he went out from this, and he met a man that owed him just a small amount, especially in comparison to what he was forgiven. And he demanded of the man, pay this up. And the man didn't have it, and he pled for mercy, and he said no, and he locked him into prison And it came back to the one that had forgiven him of this amount. And you can imagine the shame that the man that had forgiven this unmerciful servant all this amount, that he would not turn around and offer mercy to others. That is a picture of us. We have been forgiven an unforgivable amount in our sin. And yet many times in our lives we turn around and we are unmerciful to people in our lives. Nothing proves that we have been forgiven, have been recipients of God's mercy, better than our readiness to forgive others. The more godly a man is, the more merciful he will be. Mercy prefers to deal in the terms of the needy and what is needed, not what is deserved, in the same way that God has dealt with us what was needed and what was not deserved. If God should, Thomas Fuller said, if God should have no more mercy on us than we have one to another, what would become of us? I said at the start, I said if we understand the mercy of God and implement this truth in our life, it will change our homes you know it's easy for us to get short it's easy short with one another it's easy for us to get upset with others it's easy for us to to be uh, hard on on people when they forget something make a mistake or maybe purposely do something wrong it's easy for us to get bent out of shape but if we would remember how merciful god has been to us Freely we have received, freely give. And if we would remember, I do not want to be like the unmerciful servant. I want to rejoice in the mercy of God. I want to uh, be an example of my thanksgiving of God's mercy by how merciful I am to others. Can you imagine how our relationships would change if we started being abundant in mercy? I mean, we run into people all the time, and and maybe all of this shutdown and everything is bringing out the worst in people. But to us, as recipients of Jesus Christ, it ought to bring out the mercies of God that we would be merciful to others, that we would grant them patience. um, As we memorize the verses in Colossians chapter 3, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness. See, all this comes out. Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. See, if we turn our focus to God and His mercy and we meditate and think about and praise God for His mercy, it will cause us to be much more merciful to the people that God brings in our life. And God often brings people into our lives as an opportunity for us to show mercy. You might say, why, why do I get these obstinate, irritable people in my life? They need mercy. And God wants you to be a vessel of his mercy. This is the, the darling attribute, I believe it was Thomas Watson said. It is, it is something that draws us to God, the mercy of God. And in, in realizing that, what a difference it would make in our relationships with one another. Charles Wesley years ago wrote this poem. It was later put to music, but let me just read to you the words of this. He understood the mercy of God. Depth of mercy. Can there be mercy still reserved for me? Can my God his wrath forbear? Me, the chief of sinners, spare? I have long withstood his grace, long provoked him to his face, would not hearken to his calls, grieved him, By a thousand falls, I, my master, have denied. I, afresh, have crucified. I have often profaned his hallowed name. Put him to an open shame. But there for me the Savior stands, shows his wounds, And spreads his hands. God is love. I know I feel. Jesus weeps. But loves me still. Now inclined. Me to repent. Let me now my fall lament. Now my foul revolt deplore. Weep. Believe and sin no more. Hear my soul's passion, please. Depths of mercy can there be. Mercy still reserved for me. When we come to understand the mercy of God, it will be something that... That permeates all of our life. And that ought to be our prayer. God, may the mercy of God captivate my heart and mind. And may in these days I be an instrument of mercy that is used of you. Listen, we live in a world that is in desperate need of understanding God's mercy. We we daily are in contact with people that need mercy. They're not going to receive it from, in many cases, from family or friends. They're only going to receive it from someone that understands and knows the mercies of God. And these are times for the great, great mercy of God. In understanding this, it is important for us to turn our focus to God's mercy and then to say, God, Would you make me an instrument of mercy for you? If you're here today and you have never turned from your way and you're running your own life and doing your own thing and you've never prayed the simple prayer, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me by Jesus Christ, you can pray that today right where you are. And Jesus says, Him that cometh to me... I will in no wise cast out because his heart is a heart of mercy. His heart is a heart that longs to forgive. He isn't a God that is eager to bring wrath and judgment, although he will. But he always does that after he offers his mercy. Have you responded to his mercy? Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, We thank you for the mercy of you. And I pray that this would be just the beginning of our thoughts on your mercies. And Lord, I pray, if there is one today that is hearing these words, that has never turned from their way to come to you for forgiveness... I pray today would be the day that they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, thank you for your manifestation of mercy in sending your Son to bear the penalty of my sin and the world's sin so that we will have forgiveness of sin so that as we we've sung earlier that there is no condemnation because we are in Christ and the chains of sin have been broken all because of your mercy lord forgive us where we lose sight of your mercy forgive us where we are unmerciful to others and i pray that wherever we go, as believers, that we would be instruments of your mercy, that it would be manifested in our countenance, in our words, in our expressions, and in our actions. And Lord, we rejoice in the promise that if we are merciful, you will be merciful to us. Lord, thank you for your mercies that are greater than our sin. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to think of the words in this next song, His mercy is more, and that honestly ought to be the theme of our life, the great mercy of God. Praise the Lord. Our sins, they are many. But his mercy is more. You know, the day is coming when the Lord Jesus Christ will burst through the clouds. We will be reunited with him in heaven. And uh, someone said, I believe that the sweetest song that we will sing in heaven will be the song of God's mercy. Let that resonate in your heart. One, that Christ is coming again. Two, it's only a blessing when we've experienced the mercy of God and we can look forward to heaven where we will be singing, Our sins they were many, the mercies are more. He is coming again, Maranatha.